Ladies and gentlemen, we are live from the Isle of Man in the UK. This is John and Mike's MMA Corner. We'll look at the UFC 208 card, which has got the women's first ever featherweight title shot being given and it's going to have holly home against rain demand i am sorry about that that's the iron lady getting disrespected with her name but i'm sorry about that okay jermaine de randomé okay so this is going to be an awesome fight but let's go back to the korean zombie making his return on that fight card and a couple of fights that i think went down that really kind of need looking at and talking about okay anthony hamilton that dude is getting a pink slip and a goodbye how you messed up your opportunities they ufc don't know i don't know he fought fortuna who lied about his weight and he came in at 210 pounds anthony hamilton must have rubbed his hands like it was christmas day stepped in there overshot the strikes blew out like just silly shots that he shouldn't have been thrown chasing the, chasing the ko finish fortuna just weathered that storm backing up footwork moving and fortuna came in and pow finished him it was beautiful to watch honestly you really need to watch that uh, now some of the fights that are going to be coming up this weekend you'll see maybe guys doing this kind of uh chasing for the win chasing for that finish and you You've got to understand that patience is what will get you that finish sometimes, okay? Fortuna was never really rocked either, so there's no need for him to do that. But anyway, he's out of there. Another uh, another moment that kind of stood out was the Curtis Blades, uh, Adam Milstead um, bout. Curtis Blades getting the victory. Under awful circumstances, Adam Milstead, I wish, I hope that his knee gets better quickly. It looked like he blew out his MCL or ACL or maybe even both in the incident which happened in the second round. He looked like he damaged it in the first round. Well, he did. He limped back to his corner, was clearly in distress with his knee, got up, carried on. His corner just did not care. I don't care what they say. They were trying to be, oh yeah, it's okay, macho man, he'll be fine. No, this is a fight game and this is a career. This ain't a play time, this ain't joke time. They need to throw that towel in and tell him straight that you are gonna fight another day sooner rather than later now there's a question of is it going to be later or is it going to be at all now we know i've been he's had problems with acls before uh adam milstead so this is one of the things where if it's vulnerable you can't take the, up the risk to the kind of risk to let it go that far again so who knows what'll happen but anyway curtis blades dude is going to be pushing top 10 dude's going to be pushing for some awesome fights a kid is continually growing his striking's evolving eventually but his grappling something that you've got to be look at his top game is absolutely horrendous for a heavyweight dude was thrown at him around like a rag doll in that first round it was amazing to watch and that was nothing to do with the knee that was just him being on fire okay so other things well felice herrigan amazing performance against alexis grasso no one saw it coming felice has been in the game for a while she showed her experience and her knowledge and absolutely schooled a new upcoming fucking fireball in alexa grasso alexa is going to take this learn and grow it's going to be fantastic she's going to get a bit of time as well to grow from i think she'll step back realize that she was going too fast too soon and they'll just rain it down build up a couple more skill sets build her up build her up and then get her back out there the Korean zombie people coming back and absolutely starching Dennis Bermudez with a beautiful right uppercut. And Dennis Bermudez is arguing that he it was an early stoppage. It was not an early stoppage. Fair and square. He got put down and he could not get back up unless he got knocked out and then woke up again by his 
counterpart of the Green Zombie, which is what it looked like, there was no way that was going to uh, be deemed as a fight that can continue for fighters health reasons he, i think he got knocked out and he just got woke back up again fight of the night though was jessica andras against angela hill now i put it down that angela hill was gonna get murked angela hill came with a fucking fight and she had a fire and a desire to win and i can't wait to see a fight again the 115 division she was so game like she did get like she got lost decision and she, Jessica Andrade pretty much owned the whole fight with her aggression, but Angela Hill was throwing the counters, throwing some good stri strikes. She held her own really well. I was impressed with her. Uh, but thankfully now we're going to get Jessica Andrade against Joanna Jacek. If you ain't excited for that, I don't know. You're going to get a girl who swings like John Lineker, just swinging for the fences, and you're going to get a technical technician in Joanna Jacek who hits hard as well. That is going to be a fight that people are going to remember. I can't wait for this. But also in the fight week, ladies and gentlemen, if you have time, there are um, basically, it's like the Oscars for MMA, so you got like Fighters Only Awards and stuff like that, which is kind of the equivalent. Um, a former guest who's been on, and I love his work, is Kareem Zidane, he does fantastic journalism, and if you have one moment to get out there just to vote for him, I would love you to do that for me please, just go on the Fighters Only website, uh, on Facebook or whatever, send you the links, and just get on to vote for Kareem, he really deserves it, it's not a popularity contest, I know Ariel Hawani always gets it, and he's a sound, top top dollar dude, and he's lovely, but Kareem puts some fantastic pieces of work out there and you really need to educate yourselves and read on what he does uh, i just want to put that out there as well there's been other news this week as well if you think about it there's the announcement with bellator <sighs> they are pulling it out the hat they have done paul daly against roy mcdonald in london Woo! that is absolutely phenomenal that trumps well, i better not say that that squashes that's better that squashes uh jimmy manowet versus Corey anderson not even a question. That fight is going to be insane. It's going to be huge. The numbers they're going to pull in there for the attendance, it's going to be massive, people. I just need a quick swig. Uh, hydrate myself. I know I should be really drinking that stuff, but I need a little pick-me-up. Okay, <clears throat> just trained all day, all day and a bit, uh, bit wrecked. So let's get on to the next bit, which is the upcoming UFC 209 card. I say 208. Damn, I'm so lost right now. The 209 card. My apologies, people, like I said before. All right, so the fight card itself, there are some interesting fights, okay? It's not the best card that I've ever seen, but there's some fights on here that I actually really am looking forward to because I think they'll turn out to be really exciting, okay? So let's start at the bottom. You've got Rick Glenn taking on Philip Nuva. Now, or Nuva, sorry. I'm not really that overly fussed about Felipe Nova. He's not really shown his potential or or what he can offer. He's I think he be I believe it's something like 16 strikes he's thrown in three fight. Oh no, no, it's not. 75 fight, 75 strikes in three 15 minute fights or something like that. He's had it's horrendous. Whatever it is the statistics for a striking output. He's not that honestly. He's not that exciting unless he now turns the corner and starts to really show. That maybe he was just tentative, nervous, etc. But I think Rick Glenn's going to have one on him. Rick Glenn's got some nice combination striking. He had a really, he stepped in against Evan Dunham and got really out grappled, which is no surprise against Evan Dunham. That dude just grinds you down. But at the same time, he showed really 
good points in the fight where he had the potential to be a good striker and really mix stuff up and he didn't he, he held his own pretty well against Evan Dunham I, I was I was fairly surprised so I honestly I really am going to pick um I'm going to pick Rick Glenn in this fight I'd probably pick a decision because Felipe is just he's so evasive at getting away from getting hit I'd probably pick Rick Glenn just for the fact that it'll be a decision to him okay so we're going to go up next up to the welterweight division all right now Ryan LaFleur is back against, oh gosh, Canero, Canario, okay, Roan Canario, sorry, Hanan Canario. Now he was that he was at middleweight, if you recall. Then he came back, he came down to welterweight, had a bout there, and now he's sticking at welterweight, which is surprising at 38 years old, but he's doing it anyway. So now I, I, I'm Ryan, Ryan LaFleur lost to Damian Meyer, had a great kind of uh, surge. No shame to losing Damian Meyer, who's a, uh, a monster. Now, he only lost a decision, by the way. I want to point that out there. That dude held his own 15 minutes. Came against Mike Pierce. Got some. Uh, got the win out of the way against Mike Pierce. What he really needed, that three-round win. I'm probably going to pick, though... I'm going to pick Canero, because I noticed in the in the, in the, the Flair-Pierce fight, Pierce cracked LeFlair with a strike that probably it had power but it didn't look flush or clean enough and Canario can hit hard that dude was on a tear and um, before he got back in the UFC and he can crack that dude can really crack and his grappling is really strong really good grapple on the ground so I'm actually going to pick here Canario for a finish now it sounds a bit weird but I think I'm going to TKO I think he's going to go for unless Ryan LaFleur can use that footwork and those, put, and those teeps I probably put Canero so long. I'm, I'm gonna go second or third round for Canero with finish uh, TKO. Uh, I know it's a bit wild, but you know sometimes you have to go for these. And now next up, I'm gonna do on the prelims. You have Marcin Tybura against Justin Willis. It's a bit of a surprise when Justin Willis getting a call up, but I think maybe it could have been. I'm not sure if it's an injury. I can't remember now. There's that many fights that get switched around. But um, Tybura is the guy who had. A, phenomenal head kick finish against Victor Pesta if you recall watching that at all like he was just always throwing that left head like he's got a lovely snap kick lovely snap kick just for a heavyweight it's really good he's six foot three so it helps but that dude's got some fluid head kicking just kept throwing it in the first round second round Pesta's getting tired heavyweight division you know the arms getting tired the hands lower and it just low and he just dropped him and knocked him out it was beautiful again he's got a guy in Justin Willis who's only had five fights He's four and one. He's really uh, raw. I still feel. I've watched his, some of his amateur stuff and his pro stuff. The dude will just try to probably close the distance down and get some grappling. Try to just get on top where he can use a bit of his size and a bit of weight. But he's not that offensive on the ground. But on the feet, I, I just I still find him quite raw. I feel I find him quite raw, and I think Tybura is a bit too well rounded in my opinion. I think if he can keep. The distance, which it's going to be a bigger cage, which is going to work in Marson's advantage big time. Keep a distance, keep using those kicks and straights, and just keep Justin Wilson away and just tie him down. I think you'll see a finish here. Now, I don't know if I want to see first round, though. I think I'm, I'm going to go second round again for Marson. I think he's going to get another second round finish. I think he's going to get like a TKO or knockout, something like that in the second round. Um, but let's go to the main card. Okay, you've got a kid. <laughs> I tip my hat off to this lad, okay, he is trying to talk up the fight, promote himself, get himself out there as much as he can, because he's been given a huge opportunity, okay, 
So you've got Gerard Brooks, who stepped in on a short notice, shortish notice, uh, to fight Ian McCall. Now, Ian McCall, it was men fight Neil Siri. Neil Siri stepped away due to family bereavement. Can't really have a go with that one. Uh, but no luck for McCall. But hopefully, fingers crossed, like the fight hasn't happened yet, so I can't really say that. Unless the fighters are in the cage and the bell rings, I don't really want to jinx it yet. But anyway, so. Jared Brooks, 11 no, he's an exciting prospect. He's got a lot of finishes, you know, striking and submissions. But the problem is, he's fighting Ian McCall. And Ian McCall's been prepping for several fights. I know they fell through, but finally it's happened. It's Ian Goddamn McCall. And he is a guy who is solid wrestling, solid striking, experience in the big time. In the big shows, with the top, top guys. I just feel... I love Brooks' top, like, in, in his attitude and his mentality towards it. And you've got to put yourself up for this. But I just feel like McCall's just going to have his number on every side of it. So whether it be the grappling or the striking, I think he's just got to always have something to catch him or or, or, or outthink him or, or, or get him uh, get one over on him. Uh, I think Ian McCall won't get the finish. I'm not sure. I don't think he'll get the finish. But I think he'll probably get this win. I think he'll get the win of a decision. Um, I think it's one of them ones where I think probably Brooks might just get, you know, get that adrenaline dump, especially in the second round. He starts to slow down, and Ian McCall might start to just really stretch it and pull it away. Um, by the third, it'll be too late. Now, next fight up, though, um, you've got a good fight. In the contrast of these two guys are phenomenal grapplers, really strong grapplers. So I'm really interested to see how the pair of them fight against each other. I think they're both going to be super tentative in the sense that it might end up just trying to be a majority stand-up fight, which I am going to favour this gentleman. Nick Lentz against Islam. Oh my gosh. Mac Shavev. Okay. Now... Mashavev is he is legit grappler, right? He is a beast, he's a fucking animal, right? But at the same time, Nick Lentz He's really working and growing on his hands, and I'm really impressed with how well he's doing with his hands as well of late. I, I would, I probably am going to favour Nick Lentz in this fight. Another pair of them are great grapplers, and I think they can end up probably will cancel each other out because you see the pair of them trying to get each other down. I just feel that Nick Lentz is just going to have a bit more of that strike and the fluidity, uh, especially in, in the, say the second round when they're, they're a bit more tired, and I really do see it going to a second round. I can't really see this finishing the first. I'm, I don't want to say it's Decision City this time around this card, people, but I'm going to go Decision for Nick Lentz. I think Islam's a bit tough nugget to put away for Nick, but I think he'll probably get the finish, even though Nick's recently become a father, so kudos to the man, become a father. Uh, next up, you've got a, a, an interesting matchup in a man who was meant to be challenging for the flyweight title in Hilson Reese against uh, uh, Sasaki. Okay, so uh, Ukasa Sasaki, who is... A really kind of fun prospect for this flyweight division if i'm honest with you the dude's got really good kind of persistent grappling quite aggressive wrestling and he's he's a really pressure guy when it comes to it was striking like when he's got you in the grappling exchanges he's not just holding you he's hitting you as much as he can to really open up for stuff like when he fought um Ah, oh, uh, uh, Gates, Gates, uh, Will Gates, Will Gates, Willie Gates, I think it was, Willie Gates, uh, he really showed it there in that fight, you know, persistent grappling with a strike, a combination of the kind of grappling uh, ground and pound, really opened up uh, Gates to get that submission, but also in the whole point was just a where to grind him down. Now, Hilson Reese is a really strong grappler, really strong physical presence. 
I'm looking forward to seeing how Hilson Reese can handle the pressure and the pace that Sasaki, I think, can put onto him. And Sasaki's a long guy, he's a big guy for the flyweight division. I am really, this is probably one of the fights I'm looking forward to. It intrigues me to see how Hilson Reese can handle it because technically, if he wins this fight, you probably think, okay, he probably get the Demetrius Johnson fight now, or he could fight Ian McCall for. If Ian McCall were to win for the decider, for like title decider against who gets um, um, Demetrius Johnson. Because we don't know what's happening with Demetrius Johnson at present. He could end up taking on, he has talked about fighting uh, Dominic Cruz. Who knows? You know, it's uh, not Dominic Cruz. He's not champion anymore. My apologies because you got uh, Cody Garbrandt. But I think the uh, Dillashaw, uh, sorry, the um, Cruz fight is something that opens up to him because it's, uh, it's a loss on his record. Um, uh, win on his record. So let's go to the main event on the prelim card, which is Randy Brown versus Belial Muhammad. If you don't know what violence is, you don't know these two men. Okay, these guys, Randy Brown has finally come out of a shell as well in the UFC. In his last fight, he really showed against Brian Camozzi. Showed some really great striking in the sense of the, the combinations and mixing up with the knees, with the fists, with anything. He could literally throw at Brian Camozzi. He threw it down. Belial Muhammad is great conditioning, will throw down. His last fight was a Vincent Luque loss with KO. Pretty brutal KO. I was a bit surprised he came back this early. I would have maybe liked him to come back a little bit later, but it's down New York, you know, it's hometown for him, you know, it's, this is something Belial definitely would be wanting to be a part of, so he's, he's on the card. I think Randy Brown's going to have a huge confidence boost in this fight after his last win, and I, I think this might play against Belial, um, especially Belial being in hometown, a bit of pressure, uh, and Belial seems to be opening up a little bit. I don't want to go against Belial because I love the boy, but I'm going to pick Randy Brown in this fight. I think Randy's just got a bit of a flow now, and things are starting to click for him. Uh, I'll probably go for Randy Brown finish because Belial's so game for just standing and swinging. I'll probably go for like a. Uh, I, want say, I don't want to say first, but possibly. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first round, Randy Brown. I think the adrenaline in the moment might get to Belial a bit. Okay, next up on the main card, you've got kicking off is Jim Miller against Dustin Poirier. Yeah, you heard that right. Jim Miller, Dustin Poirier. Oh my. Now, Jim Miller's come out and said that he thinks he, well, he believes he can beat anyone in the 155 division and Conor McGregor. <sighs> he's got a bit of a confidence boost in the last three fights. He's, he's 3-0, his last three fights now. He fought Thiago, uh, Thiago uh, oh my gosh, Thiago uh, Alves, uh, who stepped down at 155 for the first time, did not suit him at all, and Jim Miller took full advantage of that. Then you had, uh, he fought Joe Lozon and... Ah, uh, gosh, um, Gomi as well for Miller. Like, Jim Miller's who Jim Miller is, but I think Dustin Poirier, I know he lost to Michael uh, Michael Johnson and he got sm he got smoked. I think Dustin Poirier's just the next level beyond Jim Miller with the striking, and I think that's what's going to undo Jim Miller. I think you're not going to get Dustin Poirier down, Jim, and I think Jim Miller's just going to light him up on the feet. Those straights that Dustin Poirier holds and he can throw down, I think it's going to be a real problem for Jim Miller to handle. Uh, and I think I'm going to see Dustin Poirier finish off Jim Miller. If he doesn't do it in the first, I can see Dustin do it in the second. But I, I'm probably going to pick a first round finish for Dustin Poirier on this one. Uh, next up is a really conscious kind of move by Glover Teixeira taking on a non-ranked uh, light heavyweight. But Glover's taking on Gerard Kenny. Oh gosh, Kanier, who is 
ladies and gentlemen, he's guy. He's a guy with a lot of potential in him. Uh, he has one flaw, I think, that Glover needs to take advantage of. Now, Glover is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, an absolute beast on the ground, okay? Gerard, he's lazy on his back. When he gets down his back, he's not very active to get back up. He's not very quick to get back up. But when he's on the ground, he's not very offensive enough. He's doing a bit, but he's not doing enough. And I think if you've got Glover on top of you, Glover's going to literally waste you. He's going to go through you, and you're going to have a nightmare. And I think this is where Glover can win. Because he's got this violent knockout against Anthony Rumble Johnson, which we all know. 13 seconds. Good night. I think that in that... In this, in this instance, I think for, especially for Jared, he needs to use his straights, his one-twos, which are crisp and powerful, that guy hits hard, get away from any engagement of striking, stay in the center of the octagon, control the center, and just pick him off with, uh, just throw strikes at uh, Glover and try to keep him at distance, uh, but for Glover, it's just closing that distance and getting down, and get him down, and get the win, and getting back on that momentum, swing it again, uh, so yeah, it's a tough one, but I'm going I'm to go for Glover with a submission, if I'm going to second round, I'm going to second round. I think first round he might get him down and tire him out a bit, and then second round he can start to get it. I'll go Glover second round sub. Why not? Let's go crazy. Next up, we have Tim Boach against uh, Jacare. Um, so, oh, so was that, I didn't expect this fight. Don't know where it came from. They just went, uh, Boach, you'll do. But yeah, it's a tough one for Jacare because who does he fight in that middleweight division with all the people he's fought before? There was, you know, I think Rom Romero was hope. I think the UFC would probably go do Romero and Bisping sooner rather than later. But then Bisping hurt his knee, so he's out a bit longer. So they kind of had Jacare not sitting on the shelf. They have to get him a matchup. Boach makes sense for them, I think. Uh, Boach on a bit of resurgence, bit of confidence boost, but I still can't see him beating Jacare. It's like when Luke. Rockhold fought Tim Boach. I think that Jacare is just going to really test Tim Boach with pressure. You know, he's going to get him, and if he gets him down, Boach is going to have a nightmare. You know, the pair of them can bang. Like, Boach can bang, but I think Jacare has got a good chin, and he can bang as well. And I, I do see Jacare just getting us down, and I see him choking him out. I see him choking, choking Boach out. I, I'm going to pick uh, Jacare. Second round sub. Yeah, I'm going to second round sub Jacare Defo. Sorry about that, folks. Okay. Derek Brunson, Anderson Silva. Yep, I said that. Derek Brunson, Anderson Silva. Sounds crazy, but it's actually a good matchup. Anderson Silva ain't been winning. Ain't been winning, people. Simple as that. And you've got to think about it. Derek Brunson... Was on a bit of a tear, lost to Whitaker. No idea what he was thinking, but there is things about Brunson which works really well for Anderson Silva. So it's actually a good matchup for Silva. Silva's a counter striker, beautiful counter striking. Brunson likes to come and swing and put his chinny chin chin in the air for counters. People aren't countering Brunson enough. Whitaker did, and he put him out, but other people aren't because Brunson's coming at such a force. You don't want to risk staying there. Silver's got such good movement, I hope he still can, that he can get Brunson and catch him. Now, I'm hoping he does this and we get to see that kind of Matrix shit style fights from. But it's all weird with Silver because you don't know what Silver's going to turn up. Like, where is his head? He wants to entertain. Well, fight, engage in fights and catch people out and put them to sleep. But I don't know what Anderson Silver's going to get. 
I want to go out. I'm going to say. I'm going to go with the spider. Because I think. He's got to switch it on at some point. He can't keep on losing. And I think if he loses this. What are you going to do with him? You've just got to let him go. Because there's nothing you can do with him. And I think. Do you know what? I think Brunson is an ideal kind of candidate for him. To actually. To get back on that win streak. Um, so yeah. I'm going to go with Anderson Silva. With a counter strike. Which is going to get the TKO. Or KO. Of Brunson. Um, and I'm going to go with. I'm going to go first round. I'm going to go first round. Crazy finish. Boom. Done. Main event time, people. Holly Holm. Jermaine. The Iron Lady. Round away. Okay, so. Externally, outside of MMA, these girls were badass motherfuckers in their own craft, okay? With boxing, Holly Holm whooped ass. Jermaine in kickboxing whooped ass, okay? The pair of them were awesome. In the MMA scene, it was a bit different. Holly Holm came in. She went on, won the title, beat some girls, as you do, sparked out Ronda Rousey. Lost a couple of fights recently. She lost the decision and she got choked down in the fifth round. But she was never owned or beaten or anything like that. She was, you know, she's always in that fight. Jermaine, slightly different. She recently fought and then she did lose to the current champ, Amanda Nunes, in the first round. Pretty simple fight for Amanda Nunes. Got her against the cage, put her down, got a mount, smashed the shit out of her. Simple. Jermaine, since then, she's not fought the ideal or top competition, really, to get you prepped for a title fight. When you look at the opponents that Holly Holm has had, and you look at the opponents in MMA, and the opponents that Jermaine's had, it's a different, different, it's different class. And it's a bit harsh, I think, for, Je for Holly Holm, uh, for Jermaine, sorry, to... Be ready for a test like Holly, if I'm honest with you. I think Holly's a hell of a test. You know, she beat Larissa uh, Pacchero, who isn't in the UFC anymore, I don't believe. Who was never any, wasn't anything special. And her Elmos, who was a 115 and in reality. Again, she won that. So it's a tough one because you think, right, well, she's not really taking anyone that's got... She, she beat Julie Ketty, who is, to be fair... A solid fighter and you think to yourself it's a bit it's not that I have anything against her it's not that at all people it's really not I just feel a bit stuck with Jermaine because I think she's not had the tests that Holly's had and Holly's had some serious tests and she's actually Holly Holmes the underdog I'm picking Holly Holm in this fight Holly Holm if you notice in the Ronda Rousey fight she can stop the clinch if you can stop that clinch that really nullifies parts of Jermaine's, uh, Jermaine's, uh, uh, the Iron Lady's fucking game, alright? really does. So, that's a big, big, big plus. She's got good footwork, she's got good movement, her kicks are legit as well. So, and her boxing, her counter-striking with the boxing, this is going to be, this ain't going to be a standing bang fight, people. This is going to be a very tactical battle. And I think Holly Holm, she's just a smarter fighter. And I think I really do see her getting this win. I can see her going to a decision. Now, these girls are going to hit hard because they're 10 pounds heavier. So, they're not cutting. They're not as drained. So, they've got a bit more energy. But 10 rounds, Holly Holm ain't really the first. She's a kind of head kick finish. She ain't going to punch you out. She ain't going to punch you and knock you to sleep. But I'm going, I'm going to decision. I'm going to decision win. Holly Holm, bang. Two two weight class champion Holly Holm, simple as that. I, I just can't see it any other way. 
and then maybe Megan Anderson comes along and takes on Holly Holm at 145 I think it'd be the right thing to do because she's the champion and victor at 145 but then again because the reason I say that is because I don't know what they're doing about Cyborg it's the UFC's taking a piss but then again it's not the UFC it's the new owners and there's a lot of stuff going on that people aren't sure about and not people people don't know what's happening I would want to do Cyborg but you don't know what's going to go down so ladies and gentlemen that is uh, this week week's podcast I will be having some interviews shortly i'll be sticking them up uh, over the next uh, week or so so look out for those enjoy them like share whatever you like and uh, have a great week enjoy the fight game uh, if you're training learning just watching whatever and uh, peace out people